are so many amazing perks of being sober. And one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level. And it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before. But let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about One Skin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash happiest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I hope that you're having an amazing week so far. We are more than halfway through December right now, so I hope that you've been enjoying the holiday season. And you know what? If you need an extra dose of sober inspiration to push you through to the end of the holiday season, then today's episode is going to be an absolutely amazing one for that because I freaking adore today's guest. This week, I got to talk to Laura from Your Sober Pal. If you're not following her already, then make sure you go and do that. I've actually been following Laura since the very beginning of my sober journey, so I was super, super excited to get to have this conversation with her and to get to hear her story. She is so fun. She's so inspiring. She's so authentic. She is hilarious, and she's just the perfect kind of example of the fact that you can get sober and you can still have fun and laugh and like live your life and enjoy your life and that you can also get sober and get through some really hard times as well without drinking. And we kind of talk about both those sides of sobriety in this conversation. One thing that I've always really loved is that Laura's Instagram bio for a while said, if I had a pickle for every day one, I could garnish every burger in America. And I just love that because now Laura is over six years sober and she's just absolutely killing it. And what a perfect example for anyone listening who maybe it's taking you multiple tries or you feel like you just keep having day ones over and over again that like it's not hopeless. You can absolutely still get it and you can get to the other side of it and just live a life so much better than you could have imagined in your drinking days. So I left this conversation feeling just on such a high and so inspired. So I'm super, super excited to share it with you today. And with that being said, I won't make you wait any longer to hear it. So here is my chat with Laura. (laughs) Hey, Laura. How's it going, Madeline? So good. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to hang out with you this morning. I got my coffee. I'm Yay. ready to roll. Coffee date. I love it. Cheers. <laughs> I'm so happy. You, we had. I've been trying to get you on here for a while. We had a lot of back and forth there with holiday craziness, but I'm so, so happy to have you here. I'm so excited. This is going to be really fun. Yeah. And you know what? I was actually thinking this today because it feels so fitting that I have you on during the holidays because... I told you before we started recording that I've followed you since like I first started my account, but I have said before that like 
because I got sober in November 2020 and my very first so my very first sober Christmas I was like so fresh and I've said before like I like went and like locked myself in my room before and like scrolled sober accounts it was your sober account that I scrolled when I was like struggling at Christmas time for the first time sober I like locked myself in my room and I was watching your videos and I was like okay it like kind of centered me and and helped a lot so thank you for that that is so cute and it always makes me so happy and excited when I hear people like get sober right before the holidays because I'm like way to just like come in strong really build that resilience because nothing is going to make like build build your resilience like faster than staying sober through the holidays right so it's, so it's so true cool. thanks yeah I mean it took me a few a few tries I started trying in September but November was my last kind of day one that stuck but yeah I think getting over Christmas was where I was like all right I'm in this now for sure um, but how long have you been sober for? What's your sober date? My sober date is August 1st, 2017. So I'm like six, I'm six years sober. I'll be six and a half on, in February. So I'm not that counting, but amazing. <laughs> we are <laughs> So kind of right before the holidays. Although yeah. I had like seven months before that last slip or that last, um, cause I, I was kind of off the wagon for like a month. Um, when my friend passed away. So I had like some kind of so like semi sober Christmas holidays, yeah. but 2017 was like my first, like I was all in. I'm Let's doing do this. this. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So can you kind of take me back a little bit to like your drinking days and what kind of led you to deciding that you needed to get sober? Yeah, I mean, I growing up, like I had kind of a sheltered upbringing. I grew up in a religious like environment. And so I was like, I guess kind of sheltered and I didn't really, I wasn't really around alcohol until I was 18 when I studied abroad. Um, and the legal drinking age in the country that I was in was 18. And uh, it was just like, I think a combo of being like in a new environment. Cause growing up, I was like super nerdy and glasses, braces, like nobody, I was like a super dork and nobody wanted to have anything to do with me. And so I remember like being on my exchange trip and being like, I want to reinvent myself. And part of that involved drinking because I feel like drinking helped me like come out of my shell. And I liked the person I was when I was drinking. Like I just didn't give an F and I was like, woo. Um, and I feel like that kind of was the start of my drinking career. I came back went to college. And of course, like I went to Arizona State University, which is like a notorious party school. And, you know, I wanted to fit in, I wanted to be cool. And especially after being like, quote, unquote, loser, super dork for so long. And so, you know, I really took to the party life. And um, I was like, raging all through college, just drinking like a bottle of Jaeger every like a couple bottles of Jaeger a weekend. I was like one of those girlies who like put like the Jaeger in their windows all proudly. Like I was like proud of <laughs> yeah. my party. Badge ways. of honor. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so, you know, that's college. And of course, like it's normalized in college, everybody's mm -hmm. partying. So I didn't think much about it. After I graduated though, I felt really like lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do for like a career. I just feel like I was really disconnected with myself. And looking back, I think the drinking really contributed to that. Um, because I was so busy partying, I wasn't really like taking the time to learn what I wanted out of life. Um, and so I ended up deciding to move to a ski town, which was South Lake Tahoe to just be a snowboard bum for a couple years. And then I figured I'd go back to grad school. And that's like really when my drinking spiraled out of control. Um, I know you said you've been visiting Denver, like, mm -hmm. I don't know about mm -hmm. Denver's like ski bum culture, but like Lake Tahoe, um, Ski bum culture is super, like, it fetishizes, uh, like, heavy drinking, heavy partying. Like, they look, they frown on, like, people who are, like, career-oriented and stuff like that. And so I just partied. It was, like, college 2.0, except, like, next thing you know, you blink, and you're, like, in your late 20s, and you are, like, serving tables. You haven't, like, done anything with that you're proud of. other, And you're just, like, partying all the time. And, you know, it kind of felt like that. It was, like... It was normal and fun and cool until, like, I feel like in my late 20s, I was like, what? This is not normal. Like, I just started to feel uncomfortable with how I felt controlled by my urges to drink. I felt, like, out of control with my drinking. 
I started to become really anxious and depressed about my drinking. And, you know, obviously I think we've all gone through this, but like tried to moderate, like tried up and down to moderate. I was ashamed. I hid my drinking from people. I didn't want, to, want anyone to know I was struggling. I figured if I just like learned how to moderate on my own, like all would be well. But of course, like that went, went to hell. And so then I tried to like quietly quit without telling anybody, without getting any help. Um, and, you know, I was reading all the self-help books, doing the podcast, but like none of it really worked. And so it wasn't until I was willing to like get in-person support that I feel like things really started to change for me. And so like finding community, um, I put in a lot of work, like working one-on-one with somebody and just like really getting connected in the recovery community, like absolute game changer. And I think that was really powerful because, you know, like when you meet more people in the recovery community, like you get to see like people thriving in sobriety. And I didn't have that kind of example in Lake Tahoe. Everybody there's like a raging alcoholic. So I was like, oh, like it's possible to be like living your best life sober. And so really in a, in a way I was kind of a pioneer in my community to be someone who could find a fun and exciting life in sobriety. And I was determined to like, I wanted to get to a point where I didn't like resent people who drank. I didn't want to like have foam over people drinking. I just wanted to get to a point where I was like so joyful and happy and like loving my sober life that I just didn't feel like I needed to drink. And yeah, it's been a crazy journey. And honestly, like it was really, really hard for, for a point there. I really struggled to get sober for good. Like I had a lot of day ones. Um, but it was worth it. It was worth the effort. And I just am so grateful because I get to live the life I live today, which has been not just an amazing experience. Oh, I love that. I'm so interested, like, you know, having had like a religious upbringing and then almost having that, like, I'm going to reinvent myself and be this kind of like party girl. Like, how did you kind of reconcile that? Was it something like you mentioned you hit it? Was it something that you really had to hide from your family? Were they aware what was going on? Were there any conversations around it ever? Or like, did people in your life ever say anything? That's so interesting. So that's a really good question. I for sure hid my drinking and partying ways from my parents because, you know, I wanted to be like their good girl. And, um, but I ended up getting an extreme DUI when I was, I think like my mid twenties, maybe later twenties. And I remember making that call to my parents and like the level of shame I had, I like wanted to like shrivel up in the sun and like disappear. It was really humiliating. And, um, you know, it's hard because I was, I'm kind of a people pleaser and I'm definitely like wanted to like, like please my parents. But also I knew that I was, what was true for me wasn't something that I think they wanted for me. And so it was really hard to try to reconcile that. And I think, you know, when I was drinking, like I didn't have any confidence and that's the thing, like drinking, like robs you of your confidence. And it also like kind of robs you of having any clarity around like knowing what you want in life, who you are. Um, and one of the things I'm grateful for in sobriety is I've been able to just like be open and honest about like who I am, what I've gone through and also like what's true for me. And that's been like one of the most liberating things. Oh, I love that so much. It's so interesting. I feel like people pleasing is such a common thread with those of us in sobriety. Like I definitely am a people pleaser and I feel like everyone I talk to in sobriety is. And I wonder if there's something to be said for the fact that like alcohol gave us that ability to be like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) That makes us love it so much. Um, But even just being like, yeah, like alcohol robs you of your confidence is so important because it feels like the total opposite when you're in it. Like you feel like alcohol is your confidence, which is why it's so hard to imagine life without it. Totally. Yeah. And I, I've worked with a lot of women in recovery and yeah, like the people pleasing thing is a huge through line. Um, and I think part of it too is like we, so like when you're drinking, you're kind of stunting yourself, right? Like they say you stop growing or when you, the day you start drinking and you never really learn how to like set boundaries. So what do we do instead? We drink so that we don't care. But then you wake up the next day and you do care, but you never set a boundary. And so it's like, you're perpetually like, you're just perpetuating that cycle of like not setting boundaries, not. Ha- and then like a lot of times I think for some of us, like what happens is we explode when we're drunk and that's not healthy or we like make bad decisions or say things we regret when we're drunk. 
Um, and so I think that's one of the, like the tough things, but beautiful things that we learn in sobriety is like learning how to set boundaries in a way that's kind, you know, like they say, say what you mean without saying it mean, um, like you know, that. and it's like learning how to like navigate our people pleasing like nature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Say what you mean without saying it mean. That's so good. Um, can you speak a little bit more about kind of like your early sobriety and like your your attempts to get sober and what kind of what that experience was like and what like I know you mentioned community was a big big thing that helped you but yeah I'm curious to hear more um because for so many of us it is like so, not something that you just try once and it sticks right it can really take a few tries Yeah so I've definitely was not the one and done type um I think I started because it was like a really it was a gradual progression, right? So like, of course, I tried to like moderate and I did like so I kind of started out with like, I'm only going to drink wine. I'm only going to drink beer. I'm not going to start drinking before like 6 p.m. And so creating a lot of rules um, around my drinking. And but then like, you know, the minute I had that first drink, um, I was desperate for more. And so even when I was like successfully moderating, I was still obsessing on wanting more. And I yes. knew, I remember at one point, like I was successfully moderating on this night, like, but I remember my friend was talking to me and I couldn't hear anything she was saying. Cause all I could think about was like wanting another drink. And I was like, I'm not even having fun. Yeah. I'm successfully moderating, which is like what the world wants me to do, what the world thinks like someone who can like have controlled drinking does, but I'm not having fun. I'm literally like hyper fixated on wanting more. And that's kind of when I think I realized like I wanted to be quit or like to quit for good. Um, and so that journey was another journey. Um, you know, initially I was, I remember like reading blogs cause this is before Instagram was big. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm like dating myself a little bit. Um, there was a lot of blogs I would read every day, especially like I love the blogs where people would document like their first like weeks, months, um, of sobriety, like day by day diaries. Like I just like held on to those day by day accounts. I really loved that. Um, I was reading, you know, like a lot of books, recovery memoirs. I remember reading Sarah Heppel's blackout in that book. Like I remember like sitting on the ground after finishing that book and just like thanking Sarah, like just being like, thank you so much for writing this book. Like this, this book like reminds me like why I'm on this journey. And so love Sarah. And I love that book. Um, podcast at the time, there wasn't a lot of sobriety podcasts. Like I'm so stoked now that like, they're like what you're doing and everyone else, like there's so many amazing sobriety podcasts, but back in my day, it was just recovery elevator. <laughs> and so I would listen to that podcast like every day. Um, and so a lot of these things I'd say helped a lot. I joined an online recovery community called cafe RE, which was like the online support group for recovery elevator. Loved that group. I'm actually still in touch with all, everyone in that group. we met in person. I flew out to Chicago once we did a meetup. So fun. Um, and these things really did help me. I think they, even though they didn't keep me sober, I feel like they really reinforced my commitment to getting sober though. Um, and so, and you know, one of the things I learned too was like, not what, what, what works for one person might not work for you, you know? And so just cause someone else can get sober by reading one self-help book and you can't, doesn't mean like you're a failure or you're hopeless. Um, it just means like your set of tools or what's going to click for you is different. We all have a unique path. Um, and so, and I think one of the lessons I was meant to learn in my sober journey was that it's okay to ask for help because I was really stubborn and I really wasn't good about asking for help. I was hyper independent and I'm grateful because that lesson has like carried through to so many other areas of my life. Um, and it's really been just a huge joy for me. So yeah, I, I started connecting with community. I started going to meetings, um, getting one-on-one -on -one support. And I feel like that was really when it started to change for me was when I got in-person human support. Um, and that's when I noticed like I was able to get sober. And I think that was just having that in-person accountability. Um, I just need like a lot of accountability. Like that's just how it is for me, you know? Um, and I'm glad too, because it was actually really fun. I got to meet some amazing people who are still my friends today. And I always say like, you can get sober 
on your own, but like it's honestly more fun to get sober with a cool community. Like, why not? It might not only not yeah. only will like it is probably accelerate the rate at which you heal and finally stay sober, but like you get to meet those amazing people. It's so freaking awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Agreed. I have people ask me sometimes, like, can you get sober on your own? Do you think it's possible? And I'm like, well, maybe it's possible, but like, why would you? <laughs> when there's so many amazing people you can connect with and it makes it so much easier and so much better. Ooh, my mic is falling. Um, to do it with a community of people. I mean, like, think of all the like it like all the crazy inside jokes that form and who else can you like laugh with about like the dumb shit you did when you were like drunk or like, honestly, you know, you have to be able to kind of laugh about your past. Cause if you don't laugh, it'll like kill you. So it's like, you have like normal, a lot of times like the normies are gonna be like, that is really like, why are you laughing about that? And they look at you like you're crazy, but you do it with other people who have been through the same journey as you. And you're like, you know, you kind of like get each other. I just love it. And we all like have that same desire to ha- like have fun. Like a lot of us drink because we want to like have fun and feel carefree. Like that doesn't leave when we get sober. So yes. I kind of love that too. Cause I'm like, it's a bunch of people who like want to have fun, who are carefree, but now they just want are doing it sober. And I'm just like, we're on the same level. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Yes to everything you just said. First of all, I think too, like the power and being able to like laugh about it with other people who get it is because we carry so much shame about it in our drinking days. Like it's like secrets and shame because if you say it out loud, then you are scared you have to do something about it. So then to okay. be able to be with other people who have done the same things and have the same embarrassing moments and just be like, oh my God, like LOL. <laughs> like it just, I think it really helps to release that shame. <laughs> It's like, oh, you passed out in the lawn and like woke up on someone's front lawn too. Like, oh my God. Like, so I swear, like some of the stuff, like I was the most ashamed about. I mean, I think my Dewey is probably like one of my biggest shame points and like some other things. And then you meet other people who like been through it and you're like, oh my God, like spending the night in jail. Like, what, what about that toilet that you have to pee in in front of the cops? And it's like, there's nothing funny about like a Dewey, but like to be able to just be like, oh, you had to pee in front of like the cops at jail, like me too. And it's like that sigh of relief that you can both mm-hmm. just like, like laugh about it together and just be like, thank God we're not there anymore. You know, yes. it's, there's just something special about that. And I just really appreciate that about the community. Yeah, there's so much power in like sharing something that you've carried so much shame about and then hearing someone be like, me too. Like, same thing, right? Like, I swear there's something so healing about hearing yes. those words. Me too. Like, yes, a hundred percent. And like, I loved your point too about how the fact that like sober people like want to be fun and carefree because that's what always cracks me up about the whole notion of like sober people are boring I'm like we were too fun for you like we were so committed to fun that we took it too far so like don't get that confused that's why we're here is because we were too much fun <laughs> like not to say that obviously really? a lot of it was really not fun which is why we're here but it was our commitment to wanting to have fun that kind of got us here yes <laughs> A hundred percent. So that being said, like I was, I was saying something that I've always really loved about your account is not only just like, you know, I love everything you write. It's so relatable always. Um, but like you do bring this, like, like you're hilarious and you bring this funny energy to it. So what has that experience been like of being in sobriety and being like, I'm still, like you said, it was really important to you. I want to make sure that I'm still like having fun and enjoying my life. Like how, how have you kind of gone about that? Um, yeah, I mean, so I knew early on, like, cause I, I can't remember what I, what it was, but there was like a practice that I did that was like one of my homework assignments with my mentor. And, um, and it was like, what is like your dream sober self look like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you imagine your life in sobriety? Like your like biggest goal. And it, for me, it wasn't like, Oh, I want to like lose a million pounds or like be rich or whatever. Like, like things that I think a lot of people kind of try to get sober for. It was more like, I just want to like, I imagined myself like having like laughing a lot, like just being really happy, being really present, not missing alcohol, um, I just imagined myself like trusting myself, like mm-hmm. just things like that. It was more of like who I would become as a person. And I'm like, if I am those things, like, I don't care about anything else. I don't care if I'm broke. I don't care about this or that. Like, 
if I'm like joyful and full of gratitude, like that's what I want in sobriety. And, you know, I didn't want to resent, um, people who drank or resent alcohol. Like I just wanted to like get to a point where I was super neutral about it, like where I could be around the booze and like, it didn't even phase me. Um, and so that was kind of like where, what my, like what I was focused on when I was like doing a lot of the work. And, but one thing that really helped me in the early days when I was struggling was like, for some reason it was like funny books, like comedy. Like there was something really healing about laughter. And I remember reading this book. It was called um, The Know-It-All by A.J. Jacobs. This book is like so freaking funny. And I remember like laughing hysterically every night. I would read that book instead of drink. And it kind of replaced like my evening ritual. And I remember laughing and just being like, man, this book like gives me hope. Like if I can laugh this hard sober, like laughter just is like, I just loved that I was able to laugh in sobriety. And I feel like that's when I kind of felt like there was a need for more funny, funniness, I guess, in the sober space. Cause at the time it was a lot of like heartfelt, serious, but I'm like, why isn't there like a comedy, like movie or podcast or like, why are there funny books about like, and so that's kind of what inspired me to do like funny TikToks and Instagram reels. Cause I was like, I just want to like crack jokes. Cause Getting sober, there's like a lot of funny parts about getting sober because you're basically like a 14-year-old pimply-faced teenager all over again <laughs> trying to figure out how to like live life. It's so awkward. Like nobody talks about how awkward it is in the beginning because you're just like a newborn baby deer learning how to walk for the first time with like wobbly legs. And there's just so much to like laugh and commiserate over. And so that was kind of what inspired like the humor side of Sober Pal. And then just like, getting out there and meeting people and trying new things like adds so much joy to your journey. I mean, like generally speaking, you know, but like when you're sober, you have more time, energy, money, all the things to do those things and be present for them. And I feel like that's really what cultivated um, that joy and that like laughter and sobriety. And for me, like laughter is so important. Like I just love to laugh. I love to like make people laugh. Like, it just is a, I feel like it's a form of therapy almost. Like I think laughter really helps you heal. And so that's been an important part of my journey and something that I love sharing with others. Oh, I love that. I love how you speak about laughter being so healing. Like I have said like two of my favorite things to do sober are concerts and comedy shows because I feel like both give you a natural high. Like laughing gives you such a good natural high. And I love especially like being able to laugh about like things relating to sobriety because it does like it helps to release that shame and it just like I don't know I just feel like when you can look back in, in that kind of a spirit about it because you can, because now you're not that person anymore you're right. like I'm I'm over here so I can look back and just like be able to laugh about the things that used to like be so so hard for me um and I really liked what you said about like I thought about what do I want my like sober self to look like because everything that you said was really just about like how do I want to feel, right? Like I yeah. want to trust myself. I want to laugh a lot. I want to feel this way because I think sometimes like it can almost get lost on us, especially in the early days that it's like you don't get sober to be miserable and hate your life. Like the reason exactly. you get sober is to – make our life better and to be happier people. And obviously there's a lot of hard feelings to process in those early days, but I feel like we like sometimes we can get stuck early on in that like almost like victim mode a little bit of like, oh, like I had so many pity parties in my early days of like, oh my God, everyone's having fun. I'm left out. And it's like letting yourself feel that, but then also being like, okay, the reason I'm doing this is to make my life better. So like, how do I want to feel? What do I want to create for myself? Right. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think when we're still drinking or we're in early sobriety, like, cause you're like, so your emotions are heightened. It's mm -hmm. like, you think, you know, what will make you happy. Right. Like you're like, okay, like I like lose the 15 pounds or like if my job is like this or if my husband this and like, you have to let go of what you think your life needs to look like for you to be happy and just yes. focus on like trusting the process, doing the work, and focusing on like, eventually I want to get to a point where I trust myself, where I love myself, where I feel, where I laugh a lot. I feel joy. I feel gratitude. I'm like in service and like whatever leads me there, I trust it. And so like 
part of that too, you know, was like really letting go of like what I pictured. Like I had, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, can't get attached to like a certain, like, I would have never guessed what my life would look like at six years today, like ever, you know, but it's like almost better than I could have ever like imagined back in those days. And so, um, just, just kind of creates room for like flexibility and for surprise and just for whatever like happens, happens. What matters most is like, that you're present and grateful and joyful and, or not even that you don't even have to be joyful all the time. Like sometimes times are hard. Like I had a really rough last year. I was super depressed, Mm -hmm. but I never drank. And I'm like, so freaking grateful for that. Like I was able to get through a really, really hard patch in my life without drinking. Like amazing. And I'm just like, that is like, I'm just so grateful for that. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. Because, okay, what you just said was so important because it's like something that was such a mindset shift for me was hearing someone say like the only reason any of us want anything, whether it's money, relationship, job, like whatever, the only reason you want something is because you think it will feel make you feel better. It's because you're chasing the emotion that you think that thing is going to bring you. So it's like rather than focusing on the thing, focus on like how do I find that emotion right now with where I am and what I have, right? Um, ah, and then like you oh, said – Right. And then like you said, like life has surprised you. Like it's almost better that like you had no idea where you'd be now because if you can just focus on like finding your joy with whatever's happening now, then like life can just kind of surprise you. So I really love that. And I love too that you pointed out also like you had a really hard year last year and you're so glad you didn't drink through it because it's like those times are so hard, but we'll always be so grateful after the fact to have not drank through them. Right. And that's so important to remember. You know, when I was early, early in my sobriety, I remember like going to meetings and I love hearing the stories of people who were like thriving, living their best life. They're super joyful. And I was really inspired by that. But I remember feeling really, really moved by people who were like going through like really difficult chapters in their life. Like Mm -hmm. people who were like facing grief of the loss of a loved one, you know, like, just facing like losing jobs, things like that. And they were just like sharing their pain and like in this community, but like, you know, but then they were like not drinking. And I just remember being like, wow. Like at that time I was like drinking over every dumb little thing. Like I was like, Oh, like I stubbed my toe. I better drink over this. Like I just had no resilience, um, no coping skills at all. And I just remember being like in awe of the people who were so resilient to just, like face life as it came as it was without trying to numb without trying to escape and I just thought there was something really really beautiful and like admirable and I remember being like I want to be happy and joyful and sobriety but I want to be able to like face like I knew like eventually I'm going to lose a parent I'm like things are going to be hard at some point and I want to be able to have like the resilience and the coping mechanisms to like navigate those chapters, those difficult chapters in my life with grace and with gratitude. And, um, and I'm really grateful for those people who shared those chapters. And I think that's part of the reason why it was important for me to share like this last year, I think I was a little depressing on Instagram, like some people even DM me and they're like, girl, you used to be like, so fun. And now you're a little depressing. And I'm like, this is just what's true for me right now. And, um, but like, I didn't drink and like, I was kept up on my gratitude practice. And you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and sunshine and butterflies, but like when you make it through those chapters and you come out the other side, like it's like you come out like this person that you were like, is this really me? Like you're so like not proud of yourself, but like just so grateful, you know, it really is a beautiful thing that you get. And that's really comes from the strength you gain in sobriety. Yeah, so well said, because like there is something to be said. It's really cool. It's such a good feeling to like go to a party or like socialize and have fun and be able to enjoy your life sober, but to get through a really dark time sober and then get to the other side of it is like, holy shit, I just did that. Like I would have never believed I could have not drank through that. Right. And I think also like even with, you know, people saying like, oh my God, you're being so depressing online. Like there's so much power in just being transparent about where you are because maybe someone was going through a really similar thing to you in that time or they were feeling really depressed. And if you had just like kept up with your like funny whatever videos, they might have compared themselves to you and been like, oh, she's having such a good time or like it's easy for her and I'm here struggling. And you sharing it lets them know that they're not alone and models that like 
life's going to be life sometimes and you can still be going through a really, really shitty hard time and still not drink through it. So I think there's so much power in that. And there's like one of the things I think I'm really grateful for too is like back in the days when we used to drink through hard times, I feel like we were robbing ourselves of the growth that we were meant to have from that difficult chapter. And over this last year, it was really hard. I wasn't always like at my best, but like I know looking back, like by not drinking, I was building resilience. I was growing and learning from that experience in a way that I would not have had the opportunity to had I like numbed and like drank through, you know? Yeah. Oh, so true. How did you navigate? Like, what would you say if someone's listening and they're having a really hard time and they're like, oh my God, I don't know how to get through the day without drinking. Like, are is there anything that you, like anything you did to help you navigate that or anything you'd say? So I will tell you what you should not do that I did that I like am the worst offender for is I like in the beginning. So I got laid off in August of 2022. And then I was like peak depression, like January, 2023, like the beginning of this year. And I like isolated, like fully, fully isolated. I didn't want to talk to any of my friends. I got like COVID. So I couldn't even go out of my house. I like dropped my gym membership. So I wasn't taking care of my body and my physical health. Um, I isolated and then I like even got off Instagram. I dropped sober pal for a whole month and it was like isolating. And they tell you like, do not isolate, even though it's the thing that you feel like you want to do most. I was like peak, peak depression, sadness, just like it was terrible. I could barely get out of bed. I was really difficult to be around like my, for my husband. Um, and then Kind of like, and then I was like, I need to do, change something. And like, I'm so glad I didn't drink. Thank God. But like, and I was eating a lot of donuts and I think that was kind of like what helped me through there. But, mm-hmm. but then like starting February, March, I was like, I need to like get up and do something. And so I started going to, I started hosting online recovery meetings for um, Sober Powered. And I remember being like, Ugh, I don't want to go to these freaking meetings, but like I promised I would host these meetings. And I remember like dragging my ass to these meetings. And then I would leave the meeting feeling completely 180. Like I would be like, you know, it's okay. Like it's a really hard chapter, but like just feeling that community like rally around me, just hearing other people share their like the, be real about what they were going through, like helped me feel less alone in my struggle. And that's when I was like, I already knew like community was really important, but I was like, it just like reconfirmed how important that is. Even like, I'm like six years sober, but like, I still needed that like sober community. Um, And so like reaching out for that support, reaching out for your community when you're going through a really hard time, I think is like just an absolute, absolute game changer. And then of course, like making sure you're taking care of your health, going on walks, like being out in nature. You know, I went on a backpacking trip in that time. And in that backpacking trip, I was like, I just felt completely at peace, like with where I was at that moment in time. I was still unemployed. I was still like all the things that I was like distressed over. But something about like doing the thing that I'm really passionate about and being in nature, like just helped me feel at peace and and fully in full acceptance of like what was true for me at that point in time. It was really, really beautiful and really, really profound. And that was kind of what inspired me to be like, I want to help other people experience this too. But, you know, like hard times are going to come. And that's why it's so important to like build those tools in early sobriety. Because people think like, oh, you you quit drinking and like your whole life is fixed. But that's not true. Like, I feel like you quit drinking and that helps the dust settle so you can get more clarity on like how you can grow, how you can build tools for the future. And those tools like help me all the time. And like, you know, community, reaching out for support, taking care of your health, like all those things are just so important in life overall. Oh, I love that. That was so beautifully said and so inspiring. It is so often the thing that you don't want to do that you're avoiding. That is the thing that you need to do to help pull you out of it. Like I totally relate. Like when I'm having a down, sad day or a hard time, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this right now. Like if I'm going to like join a meeting or, you know, do whatever, I'll be like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And then I get through it and I get off and I'm like, oh my God, that just like lifted me right back up. Like that just like breathed some life into me. Um, so I, I, I love that answer. And that is the perfect segue into talking about what you're doing now with YSP. 
adventures. Tell me, tell me everything about that. So it's so funny. So I was, I've done like a couple of meetups. They weren't even retreats. It was like, Hey, do you guys like want to meet up in this place and we'll split the cost of the Airbnb. And so that's why I called them meetups back in the day. And my friend and I organized them for two years. And then I was like, I think I'm going to start doing like retreats because I now know how to organize them. So we did a, re- a couple retreats this year. But then when I was backpacking in on the Lost Coast Trail, I like had this like wild, I was hiking and I remember being like peaked. It was like, I was super depressed. I almost skipped the trip because I was like, I can't afford it. I'm so broke. And then my partner was like, you're going because you're too depressed. Like, this is the thing that like brings you joy. Like you have to go. And I remember on like the second or third day of the hike, I was walking like separate from the group. So I was by myself and I was just walking, hiking in the sand and like the ocean is just like next to me over here. And I just hear the waves crashing. And over here, there was like a waterfall and I can hear the birds. And I just felt like so at peace. And it wasn't like, and I just felt like, like more, I don't know. It was weird. I just felt like connected to myself. I felt connected to nature. I felt at peace. And I was with this amazing group of people on this hike who I loved and adored and were making me laugh so much. And I just was like, I want to bottle this feeling up and like share it with the whole world. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, um, so I had that moment and I was like, I would love to like do this for like people who are sober but then I was like, oh my gosh, it's like never going to be possible because like you can't, I was super broke at the time and unemployed. And so I was like, I'll never be able to afford like, oh, I have to like buy the gear. And so it was kind of like a fleeting thought. And I was like, oh yeah, silly thought. Like that'd be a cool business, wouldn't it? But like whatever. And I just kind of put it in the back of my head. And then like two months later, I was researching online and I saw, and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like grant opportunities that I could look into. And I found the Amber grant like by Googling and I literally applied for this grant. Like deadline was like the next morning and I applied for the grant all super fast. I was like, blah, blah, blah. Like word vomited the thing about how I wanted to like take women in sobriety on like backpacking excursions so that they could like learn how to like connect with nature and feel like a badass in the woods and like learn a new skill that could potentially be like a life passion. Like backpacking has been such a huge passion for me. And I just applied for the grant. And then I was like, Oh, I doubt I got it. Cause it was a rush application. And then like literally two weeks later, they call me and they're like, Hey, we, we want to give you the grant like $10,000 so that you can buy the gear. So you could start this backpacking thing. And I was like, Oh my God, of course I cried. But then I also was like, terrified because I was yeah. like oh my god now this has to happen this now I have to do it like, <laughs> like it was just a little idea that I was like I brushed off because I was like there's no way it's viable like no one's ever going to sign up for this thing like that's dumb and so so yeah and so that's where I'm at now I bought all the gear and I like started I built the website and I'm like next year I'm going to start like guiding women who are in recovery on like backpacking trips and doing backpacking courses to like teach them how to backpack. And I was like, there's going to be no interest, but there's been a ton of interest. So I'm just like shocked at how many like people are really like into like, cause I'm like, who wants to learn how to shit in the woods? Like, come on. <laughs> that's probably, I thought that was just me, you know? Um, and so we're still doing retreats, which, but I'm going to try to like switch more to like adventure retreats with like a lot of like hiking and kayaking. I think kind of like yours are too. Um, and then we're going to add in backpacking courses. Then we want to do like whitewater rafting retreats too. So like more like adventure focus. Cause I just want people to realize like you can have fun and have adventure and sobriety. Like it doesn't get boring. If anything, like I want people to feel like they have more excitement and more adventure and sobriety rather than the other way around. And so that's kind of the basis for YSP adventures. Um, and so basically starting next year, we're going to be leading adventure retreats and backpacking 101 courses for women in recovery. Um, and I'm just like super, super excited about it. Oh, I love, I'm so, so excited for you. And I love everything about that. Are there, is there one that anyone listening to this can sign up for now? Or is it something like they're coming, like keep an eye on it? It's, it's like, it's coming, but it's, yeah, it's coming. It's 
So, but we're, right now we're accepting interest forms for people who are like okay. interested to learn more. And then in January, which is just a couple weeks away, we start accepting applications for the retreats and for backpacking 101. And then that's, and then we will be choosing in January, February. And by end of February, like we'll have selected out of the, the pool of applicants. So it is coming, but it's like literally right around the corner. <laughs> okay. Amazing. So this episode is coming out. Very soon after we're recording it, it's going to come out in a few days. So that's perfect. So for anyone that's – (laughs) yeah. Okay. Oh, I love it. I'm so excited for you and I'm so, so, so excited to follow along on that. Um, And it's just like also not only will they be like getting this cool life experience of like backpacking, but to do it with other sober people is like such a powerful thing to make those connections as well. Yeah, we're going to be doing like a meeting every night. So there's like a little bit of like a recovery element rolled in. Do you do like little meetings on your in your trips too? Not formally, but we're like always chatting about (laughs) sobriety, like on bus rides or, you know, dinners. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So like our, at my retreats, like we always have like a little like one hour recovery meeting around a fire pit at night. And so oh, for the, that. and there's, they're a huge success. Like a lot of people's, it's a lot of people's like favorite element. And so with the backpacking, when well, we're going to keep that for the retreat next year, but for backpacking, I want to do the first night is in a cabin and that's where I do like a PowerPoint presentation and we learn how to pack our backpacks. Like we learn all the skills. And then the next night is where we actually spend the night in the woods and um, and then both nights we're going to have like a meeting where we kind of talk about, um, like the first night it's usually like sharing your story and like, why are you, did you decide to come on this retreat or this backpacking course? And then the second night, the meeting's more about like, okay, what are you excited about? What are your goals in sobriety? So it's like the first one's like the first meeting is kind of like reflecting on the past and like the present. And then the next meeting's like looking to the future and what you're excited about and what are you going to do to stay sober and like live your best life? And um, and that one will be in the woods, so it'll be really exciting. And I'm just excited because it is, I think, with the backpacking, like people, when I go backpacking, people always DM me and they're like, how do I learn how to do this? This looks so fun. This looks so cool, but I don't even know where to start. And so that's kind of like what gave me the idea. Like, why don't we all learn together? And then we learn with like other people who yeah. are like excited about being sober, who want to learn something new. So you're not learning on your own. Um, and just feeling really empowered from the experience. So yeah, I'm super excited. I think it will be a huge success. I'm like a little nervous because it's a lot to like learn. Um, but I've taken a million people to learn how to backpack. I don't know, but this will be like official. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. And yeah, what a cool, like you said, it's like feel empowered. Like I was sitting here thinking like what an empowering thing to be able to do, like to really just go do that on your own. That is so cool. I I love it. I'm so excited for you. Um, Okay. If you were to kind of reflect on like how your, your kind of drinking self, how you imagined what life was going to look like without alcohol and then like looking at your life now and like how much like sobriety has just kind of like transformed it. Like what, what's the difference and how has, how has it changed your, your life? So I actually stumbled on an old journal entry a couple days ago and I posted it on my Instagram stories and in the journal entry, I was like, am I really like never going to be able to have a glass of wine again? Like, am I really going to be like missing out? And then in the next paragraph, I, I'm like, you know, I, I imagined myself like, as a, I imagine sober Laura as like this happy, jubilous, confident thing. And like, she's going to like not care that other people are drinking and she's just going to be like so confident and like at peace. And, and then like the next line was like, I believe in her. And that like really moved me. Cause I was like, you believe in me like me today? Like I was at that time I was believing in a version of myself that didn't even exist yet. Like I was like, it was like a hope and a prayer that I would end up that way. Um, and I could just feel how much I wanted to be someone who like could trust themselves, who like had confidence, like real confidence, not like with courage, like true confidence and who was just like thriving, you know? And it's just amazing to see like what's happened over the last few years. Like I like, it blows me away. I don't even like in a weird way, I don't recognize myself, but I do. And I think like, I think the best part is like the connection I found connections I found being able to support others in their journey, but like feeling like I can trust myself 
feeling like I have fun with myself. Like I can spend time with just myself and have a great time. Whereas back in the day, like I hated myself and I talked, I was really mean to myself. I thought I was like, I was really hopeless. I thought I was garbage human, a garbage human. And it's just like so worth it. You know, like you're so scared to let go of alcohol. You think you're going to be boring. You think your life's going to like suck or you're going to not have any courage. Those things like absolutely happen in sobriety. And it's like from a true, deep, strong foundation. And it's just like so, so beautiful. And I don't know. It's like such a magical journey and like it's the journey itself too. Like it's really important. I always tell people like, please journal in your early sobriety days. Yeah. There's one thing I wish I did more of was journal. Cause I would just want to look back on those days. Like they are really hard, but you're going to want to know like how far you want to look back, be able to look back at how far you came. Um, and so, and it's cool. You started your account like in early in your journey. Cause so you have like, your yeah. documentation. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's so beautiful to look back on how far you come and like where you are today. And it, it's just amazing. It's like an amazing, amazing thing. 10 out of 10 Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. What a perfect, perfect place to end it. Laura, okay, I like loved you from following you on Instagram, but after like talking to you, I freaking love you. I loved this conversation. Uh, it, I love you. This is uh, fun. I'm just like left off this on such a high, feeling so inspired. So thank you so, so much for coming on. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, everything you got going on? Sure. So people can find me at at your sober pal on TikTok and Instagram and also www.yoursoberpal.com. Um, if they want to learn more about the retreat, um, I have a sobriety affirmation card deck that they can order through there. Um, stickers, little merch thing. Um, and yeah, like, and that's, you're finding me here. So it's all good. <laughs> I will link all of that in the description of the episode as well. Thank you so, so much, Laura. I freaking loved every second of this. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Thank you so much for listening this week. Be sure to go follow Laura on Instagram, follow along on everything she's doing. I've linked everything that she mentioned in the description of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, then feel free to share it with a friend or share it on social media. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at happiestsober. And you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter at happiestsober.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so I'll chat with you next week. I hope you have an amazing week. Remember that life's happiest when you're sober. Bye. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us, they have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.